Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, welcome everybody. Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Joshua. And uh, I'm going to make it through this as best I can. You might hear my voice is a little off tonight, but uh, we'll we'll do my best. And through the magic of uh, editing and cutting and pausing and restarting again, we'll have a whole podcast here by the time we're done. All right, so it's it's week six, and I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. I mean... The kind of the, the the idea behind this whole podcast is that I can have a little bit of a clue what's going to happen in two weeks, and that's particularly hard right now. Um, I have no idea. Obviously, even last week, right, I had streamers in that Pittsburgh-Tennessee game, and that didn't happen at all. Like, the game didn't happen. Literally, it's postponed. So what does that mean? Well, it means my ads, as far as waiver free agent ads, are going to be a little weak because the injuries that we have 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 just drained the talent from the available player pool so much that what's left is like already gone. I mean, I can't even suggest to you Jeff Smith of the Jets this week because it's too late. He was already being picked up this week. I mean, I can say I'll include him on the list like you should or could stash him. But legitimately, that's the kind of thing that I'm supposed to be letting you know about a week ahead of time. So at this point, I feel like most of my ads are going to be a lot of them are going to be reminders of like must ads, kind of like Damian Harris was the last couple weeks and, and Chase Edmonds. And I was very right in both cases. And hopefully... You're in a league where it's shallow enough that that was actually beneficial to you. But there's other leagues where, you know, they were gone, if not drafted, they were gone weeks ago. And so that's where other guys that I mentioned uh, last week, Demir Bird, that's where these guys can hopefully start to be beneficial in as we get into a little bit deeper leagues. For those of you in deep dynasty leagues, like this is almost pointless. For you, you're going to be wanting to pay attention to the trade section more than anything uh, yeah it's just a little rough finding the ads so forgive me if you're looking at it and you realize hey none of these names you're saying is ads are players that i can add well i'm sorry that's just the way it is we'll do the best we can and like i said before i'm trying to get better about distinguishing these guys in tiers of some kind from the 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 higher priority to the lower priority in in each of the sections in ads in the streamers and in even in the trades of which ones i have more confidence in and which ones you should target more just trying to refine this a little bit to to be as helpful as i can to you guys um like i said going into the season this this whole project can be very beneficial particularly in this season even as i am right now complaining about how difficult it is in this season Yet that is kind of the whole point of this. So I'm going to keep, you know, going out on those ledges, out on those limbs. And uh, we're going to get burned sometimes. But it just takes a couple to pay off to uh, to make all of the other failures worth it. So uh, with that said, let's do it.
Welcome to Next Week Tonight. All right, so before we get into week six, I actually do like to recap week five's uh, moves, or at least the streams in particular, because those are very likely ads going into this week, into these week five games. And we want to make sure that they are added before this week. That was the point of saying them last week, but maybe some of them are still around. So I had Daniel Jones versus the Cowboys. The Cowboys defense is just terrible. And because they their offense can put up points, they end up just giving up volume on the on the defense. It's not even just big plays. They just give up tons of volume, particularly particularly to wide receivers and quarterbacks. So Daniel Jones, it's a little bit of a risky play, but I do like it as a bit of a bounce back. Teddy Bridgewater versus the Falcons is a favorite one. Probably has already been caught, already picked up. I, that was my favorite one of these two last week, so I hope you already had him. He had a good week last week, unexpectedly good week against the Cardinals. Unfortunately, Cardinals were my streaming defense in week four. We'll come back to that, though. But Bridgewater could be a good start again against the Falcons. Uh, if you had him last week, like I said, great, you're good to go. Otherwise, you could pivot to Daniel Jones, who a lot of people are maybe giving up on right now. And I agree, it's been bad. Like, he's legitimately just looked bad. But I don't think he has to be good to put up points versus the Cowboys. Running back Duke Johnson. Again, I hope you already made this move because David Johnson got a little dinged up. Uh, I don't think he's going to miss the game. But maybe now, of course, big news, Bill O'Brien. He's gone. So maybe Duke Johnson gets more involved versus the Jags, who give up a lot of points uh, to particularly the receiving side of the running backs, fifth most uh, running back receptions given up. That was through three weeks. Uh, I'd have to check it, but it's still high through four weeks. And in wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, now that that's over. I mean, all but the shallowest leagues, he, you could have had him last week maybe, but that's over with. Uh, but you can still probably get David Moore probably slipping through. And Demir Bird, who is quietly has the most snaps, um, the most routes, the second most air yards, um, and the second most yards per team pass attempt for the Patriots. I still do think he's the third wide receiver there before behind Edelman and Harry, but it's not bad. It's still not bad. And if anything should happen to them, he's going to be a solid starter. He and, and Cam Newton are really... Actually, and it wasn't even Cam Newton alone. Even this week, he got a lot of targets, and it was a mixture of Hoyer and Stidham. I'd have to see the breakdown of which one in particularly liked him, but I, I believe... It was pretty even, if not more, to Stidham, who's likely going to start this coming week if Cam Newton can't. So that those guys definitely need to be owned. I had Jordan Aikens as a streamer versus the Jags. He's in concussion protocol, though, however. That means Darren Fells is the pivot. That actually might be a pretty good pivot. So I'd stick with that kind of idea, except it's going to be Darren Fells. Gerald Everett versus the Washington footballs. This is a risky one. I actually like the Fells one better. But, I mean, we've seen Everett do it before. He's just looked not good this year. 
when he has it, when they have him out there and he's catching the ball, he legitimately looks like a wide receiver. But he's just not getting involved. And I've seen him have a little bit of, I'm not sure if they qualified his drops or not, but it hasn't been great. Lastly, I had Cowboys against the Giants. As my streaming defense, don't do that one. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Don't do that one. They're terrible. Uh, If you had Arizona from last week, you can keep them and play them because they play the Jets. So play your defense against the Jets. I should have pointed that out a little more obviously last week when I used Arizona. I do often try to pick ones that are going to be good options for you, not just this week, but for as many weeks as possible. It just kind of helps with the streaming. As someone who has historically streamed their defenses in my keeper and redraft leagues, that's usually what I look for is not just a good play this week, but the coming weeks. Obviously, sometimes you just you need the best points for this week. That's the primary objective, but sometimes the tiebreaker can be upcoming schedule as well. All right, so those are the guys you should definitely have. Of course, uh, the other moves from last week, the must-adds were Gabriel Davis, Justin Watson. He's out, so you could maybe look at Tyler Johnson instead, but that's this is a Thursday night game. It's it's already being played, probably already played before you hear this, so that's not helping you. Cam Akers, get him, add him, trade for him even. Damian Harris was on this list already. Chase Claypool, okay? And uh, and then the trades were get your your cheap Jets. Le'Veon Bell already announced coming back now. So you could still possibly trade for him cheap, but from what I'm hearing, it's it's difficult. So you probably would have had to make that move last week, but I'm just going to recap it here for, for the history. All right, so week six, going into week six, our bye weeks for the teams that are on bye. We've got the Raiders, we've got the Patriots, the Saints, and the Seahawks. That's a lot of fantasy-relevant players, particularly uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. All right, so that's going to be a little bit rough, so we'll try to get you some options. So we're going to go right into streamers, okay, because each of these streamers then can be considered a must-add. So the ads I talk about later are going to be players to add before the Week 5 games. But streamers for Week 6 for quarterback. First, we have a guy who's a little bit, a little bit maybe higher ownership, but it's a decent chance he's out there because he's had some some iffy weeks. It's Kirk Cousins, but he's playing, and of course, here's the thing: he's playing the Seahawks in Week Five, so there's a good chance he's already been picked up as a streamer. So that's why I kind of hesitate to add him here. But he's playing the Falcons in Week Six. He's got two great weeks here, so you want to make sure you own him. He's a great option. Um, I'm trying to remember. He wasn't a streamer for me last year, last week. Uh, I'm not sure why I, I missed that. I guess I was trying to give you a little bit deeper options, but Kirk Cousins should be owned. Double check. But if he's not, I've got another name for him. Ben Roethlisberger is playing the Browns, who give up the third most points to quarterbacks right now. Uh, basically, this whole week is going to be play the Browns, start against the Browns and the Jags. So just go with that, even if I didn't name them. Just play them versus the Browns and Jags. The only thing the Browns are good at is defending the run. And so the running backs aren't great uh, for the Steelers. 
Uh, of course, if you have Connor, you're playing him. I'm just saying there's no one else you need to be worrying about. For running backs, Vaughn, Keyshawn Vaughn is playing the Packers. Now, he is definitely an ad for this week. Don't wait. Uh, in fact, acquire him. Trade for him cheap. Here's the thing. We, Fournette is probably out this week, unfortunately, because I have Vaughn, I have Fournette in a lot of a lot of leagues, and I like Fournette. But if Fournette misses this week, and even if he's questionable for next week, Keyshawn Vaughn has the opportunity to take some of this receiving work away from Ronald Jones and whatever little bit McCoy had, like one target or something. Yeah. So Keyshawn Vaughn has an opportunity here, so you want to make sure you have him in case he does something with it. Ronald Jones really still did get a lot of targets last week, mostly, I believe, because of absences of wide receivers and then tight ends, even in that game, O.J. Howard leaving. And he's, if you didn't hear, Achilles gone for the season. So that's why uh, I think there's opportunity now for Keyshawn Vaughn to step up. And if he does, you're going to want to already own him. And then in week six, when they play the Packers, if he has taken any of that receiving work from as a running back, that's what is scoring points against the Packers. So we're going to go back down a, a brief rabbit hole here, but it's going to it's going to help explain my process, and it's going to maybe help you with your own process. Uh, so that you don't need me. Yeah, that's really great marketing by me. I know. But I, I like to do this regardless. So when we look at points against, um, you you have to be a little bit, you have to dig into points against a little bit more. And you can, you, you can usually find these points against kind of things in a lot of places. Yahoo's is really nice, and it's the one I'm using right now. It lets you then break it down by the, the actual team and see each week so you can actually see the players that were that were putting up those points which is really helpful to see what kind of player particularly when it comes to wide receivers you can see well what kind of receiver was it the wide receiver one just balling out or was it always consistently the wide receiver two putting up points okay so it's th that kind of thing it lets you so uh, I'm using Yahoo's right now because like I said I just am and it's nice and I'm focusing on the top eight verses now that means it's the a quarter that's that's eight is you know a quarter of 32 right so we're talking about the top quarter uh or quartile if we want to be fancy right I, I know a lot of places go thirds even yahoo has it broken down by 10 right is is the green um I'm more interested in as, as, as close to the ends of the bell curve the worst and the best as I can get because that's where it's really the most telling um, you can be 10th and just have had a couple bad matchups, right? It's not going to be as truly telling. But here's the thing, particularly when it comes to running backs uh, and points against. So if we look at points against for running backs, you're going to find that if you look at that list, okay, and then we look at a list of the NFL standings points differential, you're going to find that most of the teams that give up the most running back points are the bad teams who have a high negative point differential, meaning the team they're playing has a lead, which means they're running the ball, which means their running backs are putting up points. So that's fine. You do want to play those teams 
uh, you do want to play your running back against those teams because likely they're going to be winning and they're going to run the ball, and that's points for your running back. That's great. Uh, so the examples would be the Jets. Uh, they are the seventh most points to running backs, and they're the worst points differential. The Giants, now they're not terrible. They're the 14th. The Texans, third worst point differential. They're the fifth most points to running backs. Um, the exceptions here would be Washington. They have fourth most points differential, but they have a really good rushing defense, and they only give up the 26th most running back points. So that's where, when you see that the the pattern doesn't continue, that's where you actually can start to see where that's an actual aspect of the defense's ability. So the, the Washington's defense is actually good at defending running back. So even though they give up points, they've been losing games, teams have not been successfully running the ball. Another example would uh, be the Falcons. They have a, a bad negative point differential, but they don't show up. Uh, they're on the fringe here, 10th most points to running backs. But it's not a lot in the rushing attempt and rushing yardage game. It's a lot in the receiving game for running backs. And that just speaks to the kind of games they've been in. We all know they've actually had leads and then just losing it at the end. So their opponent hasn't had the benefit of the lead and running out the ball against them. These have been high-scoring, high-flying kind of games. That makes sense. So you need to find where the narrative breaks down, and those are the points where we're going to find the, the winning plays. And that's not to say that the obvious ones aren't winning too, like Detroit Lions are the sixth most, or least, I should say, negative uh, 28-point differential. They're the fourth most points to, for running backs. And it just keeps going. Jags are a couple down from there. They're the sixth most, uh, and, and so on. So it's, it plays out like you would expect it to. And I'm not going to go beyond that because, again, I'm only interested in the, the top quartile. And so one that stands out in all of this is when you look at the points to running backs, one that stands out is that the Green Bay Packers are third. And this makes no sense because you like I look at my points differential and they're nowhere on that list. In fact, they have the most positive points differential, 51 points net positive. That to me tells me that something's interesting. Their running back defense, their, their defense against running backs is truly bad. Or let's look a little closer. Let's look at the actual, this is why I like Yahoo's. It lets you look into the actual targets and receptions and receiving yards for the running backs alone. And the most receiving yards given up is the Green Bay Packers. It's the receiving backs being involved, which of course makes sense because teams are trying to get back in the game. They're not playing their grinder. They're playing their third down, their two-minute drill back. They're playing their receiving back against the Packers, trying to get back in the game and score points quick. This all makes sense. So when you're playing the Packers, you want to play the receiving back. There you go. And very similarly, like we were already talking about, Raiders, Falcons, these are the kind of teams that are also giving up high uh, receiving yards to running backs. Uh, and, and that's why I was even saying to uh, 
Well, the Jags are a little bit further down that list, but I pointed out them earlier um, for Duke Johnson. That would be a similar case. But in this time, it, if Keyshawn Vaughn is able to carve out any kind of any kind of extra receiving volume there, in week six, he is a definite target versus the Packers. If Fournette is back, he could actually come back and have a, just a fantastic game against the Packers. Um, because he can he can do it all. So that would be something to keep an eye on if Fournette is in or out in week six. But again, we're really just shooting for upside here, guys. So Keyshawn Vaughn, that's where I'm going to go with it. Okay, uh, running back points against Lesson over. Not quite, because again, we talked about the Jags. Swift, DeAndre Swift. In week six, playing the Jags, receiving role. This will also be a giant Adrian Peterson game as uh, the Lions grind out a lead against the Jaguars. But this, the Lions defense is just bad enough that I think the Jags can also put up points. So I like Swift to at least get some work. And he's been basically the receiving back, essentially. Wide receivers. Staying in that same game, we have Keelan Cole playing the Lions. It's a little ugly, I know, but he's been kind of consistent. And uh, as far as a streamer that you may even be able to add right now, I'm not sure what else you've got for options. So there you go. There's one. At least it's a good matchup. And then I'm not sure which way you want to go with this. A couple weeks ago, I had James Washington, uh, but I also think... Chase Claypool has some high upside as well. Both Juju and Deontay Johnson recently were seen back practicing, so I don't think we're going to play be able to play off of the like they're injured kind of thing. I think this is really just hoping that the third wide receiver for the Steelers hits against, of course, like I mentioned earlier, the Browns. Play the Steelers against the Browns. Uh, I, I would go with Washington if you just need points. But if, if you need a high kind of upside, big play, Claypool might be your better bet for a big touchdown. But like I said, overall, Washington, because he could break that big touchdown as well. Washington first in deeper league, Claypool. Also, and again, this is for shallower leagues, but I'm not giving up on Christian Kirk. He showed a little bit lately. And week six, they play the Cowboys. Now, here's the thing. Kirk was beat up for a game there. And Andy Isabella got his kind of deeper air yards kind of, of role and did pretty well with it. And so there's a bit of a pivot here depending on injury. Here's the thing. Honestly, this, this team would be better off. Hey, you know, Cardinal fans, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this team would be better off if Larry Fitz would just retire. Let Christian Kirk slide into that pure slot role and let Andy Isabel be a, be that deep threat because that's that's where each of them belong. That's where each of them should be. And right now, I think Kirk is kind of miscast as this third wide receiver. He really needs to be the second guy underneath possession receiver. I, I know, obviously, when you have Jihander Hopkins on your team, no one is a possession receiver. I just mean uh, someone else but not the deep threat because Christian Kirk has like 30% of the air yards, more air yards than even Hopkins does. But it's just not 
he's not doing great with it. I think Isabella could actually do better in that role. But uh, Kirk could get volume against the Cowboys specifically. And so that's why I'm going to roll with him first. But in deeper leagues, particularly if there's injury to either Kirk or Fitzpatrick, Isabella is a nice, nice uh, deep kind of pivot. For tight ends, it's the same thing. It's Eric Ebron. I mean, just just start your just start your Steelers against the Browns. Okay. Um, the other one, well, we'll get to it. There's some ads you could do here, but it's not going to help you in week six. That's all I had for tight ends right now. Uh, I mean, I was kind of looking at, it's really ugly, but and I've wanted it to be Irv Smith, but it hasn't been. But Kyle Rudolph, on the other hand, could catch a touchdown against the Falcons, who are giving up the most points to tight ends, so why not, right? The most touchdowns to tight ends, specifically, and that's what Rudolph does. So there you go. There's another possible tight end. Um, again, that would be shallower league, higher upside. Ebron, I think, is going to give you a little bit better floor, but maybe you'll get a one one pass, one target, one reception, one touchdown line out of Rudolph. All right, so defense. I have a fun one for defense, guys. It's one that uh, is, I guarantee, going to be available because who's going to want to play the Dolphins against the San Francisco 49ers in Week 5, right? No one. So they're going to be available because you're going to want to pick them up and play them against the Broncos in Week 6. Yes, a fantastic defensive matchup. They're giving up the second most points, uh, and that includes weeks with Locke. When you take those games out, I'm pretty sure it's it's the worst. No, I'm pretty sure it's one. Uh, so go ahead and add the Dolphins. You know, if if you have everything else figured out going into the weeks, uh, into the week, and then you can add last minute, last thing, last minute. Add a player to your bench. Go ahead and pick up the Browns. Uh, I mean the Dolphins, and have it ready for the Broncos Week Six. All right, that's it for week six streamers. Now we're going to talk about must ads, should ads, and could ads. Now, the reason these are ads is not just because uh, they're ads and not streamers, because they maybe don't have great matchups for week six, but they could have big games in week five. So they're going to be valuable come the week, you know, the pre week six waivers. So you want to add them now before. Again, the must-add of Keyshawn Vaughn. Make sure he's on a roster. If he is, go acquire him in a trade. Okay, so he's in all three. He's a stream, he's an ad, he's a trade target. He's all of it, okay? The other one is Isaiah Ford because he has a pretty good... I mean, it's not a great matchup this week, of course, but he's starting to get noticed. And look, if there's one... I love talking about my right calls, but... So far, Preston Williams has not been what I had hoped he could be. Now, I didn't think he was going to be huge in the first few weeks, but I thought by week three and four with some good matchups, particularly when he was declared fully healthy coming into week one, um, I was willing to give him a, a, a little bit of time 
to get into the season after you know that ACL recovery, but he has not looked great. Um, his, I mean, just a couple weeks ago he had what one or two targets, and in every game in his career before that he had at least five targets, and it's going the wrong direction now. And instead, Isaiah Ford seems to be getting involved, and he's he's doing well. He's a he's a nice player. 6'2 or something like that you know he's he's a good decent prospect decent player and maybe hopefully it's just uh Preston Williams still dealing with that ACL recovery got confidence maybe in that knee I don't know what it is but Isaiah Ford in the meantime should be owned again we mentioned Claypool earlier he should be owned Demir Bird he should be owned David Moore Seahawks he should be owned he has a great matchup in Week 5, as does Bird. Both Beard and Moore were streamers for Week 5. Mentioned them earlier, so make sure that they are owned. And then I'm going to throw out one here. Uh, oh, also, must add, if it wasn't Justin Jackson, obvious already. He was a waiver ad in a lot of, a lot of leagues, but maybe he slipped through the cracks there. Uh, could add... Donald Parham at tight end. He caught a t- he caught a touchdown this past week, and I had a lot of people going, "Who is Donald Parham?" Well, I love Donald Parham. I've loved him since he was a rookie uh, a year ago, but he kind of fell through the cracks with the Lions. It was the worst place he could have gone as a as an undrafted free agent. But then he played really good in the XFL, and uh, now here he is. Actually, was that XFL? Yeah, I think it was XFL. I get those other football leagues confused. It had to be because that would have been two, year, two, two years ago for the other one. So, yeah, Donald Parham. Here's the thing. With, with Eckler out, and there's a little bit of good news on Eckler. If you weren't paying attention, I had to do some studying on it recently because we were trying to figure out why he wasn't put on regular uh, this three-week IR thing, right? Why, why wasn't he being added? What are you doing, Chargers? Well, there was a little bit, they were getting a second opinion on whether his hamstring actually had a bit of a tear, like off of the bone even. Um, Thankfully, second opinion confirmed it is not. So it should still be like a four to six week recovery. That's obviously a bad thing. I love Eckler. I'd rather him not miss four to six weeks. But if he comes back, doesn't have setbacks, he could still be a, a factor in uh, the fantasy playoffs. But in the meantime, Herbert's going to need someone to throw to. And so Donald Parham in week five, they're playing the Saints. This could be a big Hunter Henry game. Absolutely. Absolutely should be a huge Hunter Henry game. But, but maybe that's too obvious. And with no Eckler to soak up those kind of mid-short-range targets, there may be some left over for Donald Parham. And maybe they'll play some two tight end sets uh, and, and try to give Joshua Kelly some running room. I don't know, but I do know the Saints give up points to tight ends. And if he's going to break out, it should be this week. Um, I mean, he did score a touchdown last week, but if he's going to get some volume... It could be this week. And of course, if Hunter Henry ever gets hurt, I expect Donald Parham to be basically a Mo Moale Cox kind of pivot, right? 
And I think he could put up those kind of numbers like Morale Cox has in in uh, the other guy's absence. I still think, by the way, the Colts, I don't know what they're doing. Obviously, Morale Cox is better than both Doyle and Burton. Hopefully, they can just figure this out and just stop trying to treat him like he's a replacement for those guys and instead re- realize that he is better than both of them and just use him because he's big, which Rivers clearly needs to throw it deep. Uh, and he's actually making plays with the ball. Anyway, tangent. I love I love some Mocox. All right. Um, trade targets. We already mentioned Keyshawn Vaughn. Another one is uh, I think Nikhil Harry is... Look, the numbers didn't really show it, but this game was kind of a weird game anyway with the quarterbacks. But I think that Keyshawn... Uh, I think that Nikhil Harry... Is really establishing himself in this offense as a go-to, as a solid guy. Uh, he, he's he's actually getting some yards after the catch now. That was something that we weren't seeing before. He had some nice catch and runs, breaking tackles even. That's what he can do. And in the end zone, it's especially when Cam is there, it's like it's either Cam Newton runs it in or Cam Newton throws it to Harry. And he had a touchdown against the Chiefs this past week again. Uh, a great play. So I just think that he is a solid guy that should be owned. And it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be, you know, A.J. Brown rookie kind of year uh, where he's breaking off these huge explosive plays. But I think it's just solid, consistent work. And uh, it's very predictable. So go ahead and get Harry. Maybe the people who have him, uh, maybe they're not happy with it. Uh, they sh- they obviously are going to like him. You're going to have to pay up for him. What I'm saying is is you can pay for him at cost, and he's at least going to return that much, if not pay off more in the future. For the contending teams out there who are like three and one, four and zero oh, somehow, I think that you could really um, build your team up f- for the for the long run here by going after a player like Chris Godwin who's kind of been disappointing for his owner so far. Uh, they, they're looking at missing him for another two weeks now. I think going after him would be really good. He's going to miss this week, so you're going to have to make a trade, either either agree to a trade in name or so on, but he's obviously going to be locked this Thursday night. But either way, it's still looking forward he's, because he's going to be missing another game after this most likely. Uh, I do think he's a nice player. If you can afford to give up a little bit and play for the future, again, it depends on your record. But I do think he's a player that down uh, down the run is is going to really pay dividends. Um, Mike Evans, I do think will continue to be the guy getting you know the touchdowns there. That hey, going to the season that this is what I kind of thought it would be. I didn't know it would be without Godwin, obviously. But I did see Evans finishing higher than Godwin on the season. But I can see how if Evans continues to get dinged up from being just so... He's the offense almost, right? Uh, that Godwin, when he comes back, that's he's going to get plenty of work. There's plenty of work here. O.J. Howard gone. It's a real shame. But there's going to be plenty of work for these guys here. So if your team can bear, bear it for a couple of weeks... 
Chris Godwin, I think, can be a, a winner for you. If you find yourself in need of a running back, and who isn't, really? Uh, look, I know Todd Gurley hasn't been great, but he hasn't been too bad lately, and he actually has a really nice stretch of the season coming up. And I think that you might be able to find that team in your league who has him, and they might be thinking to themselves, he's had a good game, now's my chance to get out of him and sell him high and get something for him. Because they may be thinking, oh shoot, I remember the first two weeks they were bad, I don't want that. Um, so if you it really depends on the response of the owner, go ahead and make a strong, you know, you have to pay at cost, at the current cost of production you've currently had. But I think we're seeing what he can and will do. He's looking better. I know a lot of people are really down on him, but this is more like what I expected from him for the season. And so it's, I'm not, I'm not like buying in on it. I'm just saying this is what I thought. So now that I'm seeing it, I'm more apt to buy into it because it's not a surprise. I don't feel like I'm reacting to it. I think I'm trying to, again, catch the other team who's reacting to the first couple weeks still and wants to get out of him. They're afraid. If, if that's the owner, you might be able to get Gurley at a decent price. You're going to have to pay. But I think he is a solid running back, too, for you if you need somebody solid start especially for the next like four or five weeks really good schedule another running back you could go after and again a little bit under the radar i haven't talked about this guy he should have been somebody we talked about on this program my bad miles gaskin i haven't talked about him because he really was already a thing by the time i should have already talked about him and i always am trying to be ahead and i wasn't ahead on him i wasn't I should have been, but uh, but because by the time we realized he was a waiver ad, and so it was too late for this show. However, he can be a trade target for this show. A lot of people are maybe not still, I don't know, still not sold on him being a thing, but I, I think he is. I think he really is, and he has a really nice second half schedule. And so if you can actually buy him at cost right now, I think that's going to actually pay off in the long run. Uh, especially he's a young, seemingly healthy guy so far. Hasn't been dinged up yet this season. So you, you got that going for you, right? Any healthy body at this point. So Miles Gaskin, I would pay up for him at his current price. I'm not sure what that is. I don't think it's a first uh, I don't think you'll have to pay up a wide receiver one. But if you can trade, I don't know, I'm just trying to think on the go here about what kind of players I would trade for him. I think if you have someone like a Will Fuller or maybe even, look, if you have a team with a lot of wide receivers and you've got DJ Chark, you could probably trade DJ Chark plus, uh, for, for Miles Gaskins plus something. So it, those would be kind of the uh, extra receivers I would be trying to flip into a running back. We're going to go the other way, which is if you have some of those extra running backs stashed, if you have Jarek McKinnon stashed, but you have other backs you can still start, I love Jarek McKinnon. You know this if you've been listening to the show. 
I love him. He's doing everything I hoped he would do. He's also not getting younger, and the other backs are technically going to come back. Most start already is about to be, if not already, in week five. So I just fear his he's not going to see the volume he's getting right now. And like it or not, he is a sell high. So if you can sell him, if you can trade him to a team that really needs running back right now and get that DJ Chark, right? You can get that, probably not a DJ Chark, but you might, eh, maybe not even a Wolf Fuller, but you're going to be able to get that Jameson Crowder for sure, I would bet. You're going to be able to get this uh, solid other player that's going to continue being startable for the rest of the season, and I don't know that Jarek McKinnon is going to continue being an every week start. That's the problem. So try to trade him now for someone who will be an every week start. Again, if he's extra, if you need him to start now, then you use him while you got him. Uh, You can still try to squeeze something out of him for him later, but the only reason you're doing it now ahead of time is because he's at peak right now and other players, other teams can start him still. And so it's it's a legitimate fair trade to get something of value back because they really can start him at least this week and, and hope for some solid points. That's when you can legitimately sell high, not just on perception, but on reality that you can promise a good looking start. So go ahead and, and do that. I, I know I don't really like it either, but there you go. All right, guys, that's... All I've got so far this week, be sure to follow on Twitter at FusionFFB. Usually some other name comes to me. Either somebody else says something that is either the player or just reminds me of a situation that makes me think of someone else in that situation. Usually I have another name that jumps out to me before the games on Sunday. And I usually try to tweet it out as like a a next week tonight Twitter bonus. So be sure to follow on Twitter at FusionFFB. Check the website, FusionFFB.com. You'll see on there every week, there's also the Toilets to Titles guys, and they put out a weekly show on Tuesday nights. It's great for prepping you for the week and waivers. They do a little bit of even what I do. They have some betting DFS stuff in there. It's a fantastic, just like all across the board, uh, quick show. It's on YouTube, but also in a podcast form. And then we post on FusionFFB.com the kind of text version where it hits all the bullet points, right? So you can read through it either just to follow or if you want to just go back and check, you know, what did he say about that player? You can find it on there. And uh, I may even be on there next week, next Tuesday night as of now. So be sure to tune in next Tuesday night. I think it's going to be a little bit later on my behalf, which I'm thankful for because I couldn't make it at their usual 8.30 slot. But 9.30, as of now, is the plan. Hate to give out too many sneak peeks. Stay tuned. Follow them. Toilets to Titles on Twitter. And, of course, me too. Don't forget me. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Good luck in week five. And I'll see you in week seven because this is week six and we're on to week seven next week. See ya.